0: Welcome to this conversation brought to you by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer, and today I get to chat with a good friend of mine by the name of Brooke Shaden. Hello, Brooke.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: (laughs) You're there. (laughs) (laughs) You're in Arizona, right, where it's nice and warm and beautiful?
1: Yeah, it is. It has been pretty warm and blue skies, and I'm so happy.
0: Well, we have the blue skies here in frigid Minnesota, but its I think we're really close to the single digits
1: but that's inspiring when it's the start of it
0: well you (laughs) you you always have this great way of spinning things to to like happiness and and peacefulness and joy and I I like that
1: I wouldn't have said that if it was a month into it
0: yeah well it's been a month (laughs) oh oh no I mean you know I mean it hasn't been a month of of sub-zero temps but it's been cold for a month
1: well, you can come visit.
0: <laughs> I I will. I'll I'll do that. I'm I'm tempted to get on a plane tonight.
1: <laughs> do it.
0: It. it gets it gets cold here. Now we've known each other for a long time. In yes. a, in a In a relative sense, I think we initially met at at after dark. Is that right?
1: That's correct. I think it was 2011.
0: Okay, you would you would know better than me. I I had, <laughs> I had no idea. How I'd <laughs> like to know. I was thinking about this earlier. How would you describe the time? that has passed since then for you?
1: Hmm. I would say um, that it's been a time of totally embracing who I am and then letting that person die.
0: Wow, okay. I would like to know more.
1: Well, it's, it was, When I met you, I was very much at the beginning of my career. I had been, I guess you could say, working professional for a year at that point. And it was... It was a really interesting time because I didn't know yet exactly who I was going to be as a professional photographer, where I was going to go in my career. And so I was just learning. And it was through the last many years of discovering who I want to be, pursuing that to the fullest degree, and then realizing, I think as many people do as you grow up, that you're not going to continue being that person for the rest of your life. And if you are, then you're probably going to live a really boring life. <laughs> so I've come to the conclusion that that was the most incredible life I could have lived during those years. And now it's time to move on to a different version.
0: And what does that look like?
1: For me, it looks a lot different darker in an artistic sense and a lot more fulfilled in a personal sense so I'm moving away from my desire to please people so much and Mm. really just looking at where am I in my life personally how can I represent that through imagery through writing through um, anything else that comes up might be interesting and and really just giving myself permission to fail right now
0: and you didn't do that before
1: I did, but I think I got a little bit caught up in what will people like and how can I do this in a way that's diplomatic, I guess. And I, I sort of, walked away from my earlier sensibilities of being really overtly dark because that's how I started my career was just being as deathly and creepy as I could, (laughs) which maybe wasn't for the right reasons either. I mean, it was like a natural (laughs) tendency, but I really, I really loved the shock value of that in in a way. And now I'm much less interested in the shock value, but more interested in pursuing darkness in a very real, honest way.
0: All right. I, I, I definitely want to get to that, but don't I'm, I'm curious hearing you say all this like this. Don't you think there are going to be people that are surprised um, by that shift?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, and that's good. I mean, the, the thing is that I've always, at least I believe, maybe it's delusional, that I've lived my life extremely authentically. Mm -hmm. So anytime I've made any decision, it was because I wanted to do it because it felt right, because it seemed like the right thing to do. So everything that I've always done was right at that time. Mm -hmm. But I think that I've just learned a lot more about what does it mean to live honestly? And what does it mean to create honestly? And I think through learning and through years of experience, you start to naturally understand where you're meant to go.
0: So this is all part of the the, the evolution of of Brooke, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and for any artist, really. I mean, I think that it's the goal of the artist to create as honestly as possible, no matter what kind of art you create, whether it's surreal and whimsical and otherworldly or documentary and totally true to life. The goal is to be honest to yourself and your imagination and your reality. So that's what I'm trying to do. I get that.
0: I think I'm intrigued by how cognizant you seem to be of the shift. Um, does that make sense? Like, you're, you really seem to be aware that this is happening, yeah. and, and you're embracing it.
1: Yeah. You know, the other day I was talking with a friend and she said, I think that if you had a superpower, it would be that you're (laughs) (laughs) self-aware. And I thought that was really funny because it is, I think that's true. I don't have a a ton of natural abilities, trust me. But one thing that I I am is very aware of where I am in my life, where I want to go, how I want to get there.
0: So do you attribute, well, let's, I don't like to use this word with you in particular, but do you attribute your success
1: to that? Um, yes, actually, I I do think so. I mean, I think that being decisive, knowing what you want, and having the foresight to be able to get there efficiently is, is quite a pinnacle of success. And I also do hate that word. But, um, but by success, I simply mean achieving what you set out to achieve.
0: Right. And and that's why I was hesitant without, (laughs) without defining it, because I feel like it has a certain connotation that, for me, at least um, on the on the surface, doesn't apply to you,
1: right? So
0: yeah. help me with help me with the darkness piece because I'm this I'm a Midwestern boy, right? I I, <laughs> I I I grow up and to me and I've I've been drawn to darkness as, as well. In that I always liked spooky things and like the ghost. I was the kid telling the ghost stories. You oh, know? man, then and, I
1: was the kid hating you for that. No,
0: that, that was me. I was the one telling Ugh. the stories and loving every minute of it and getting in trouble, you know, from all the parents that I'm, you know. <laughs> and I'm talking about when I'm 10, right, or when I'm 8, yeah. like when I was young. Um, yeah. But that, that was me. So I was always, I always thought monsters were cool, you know. Yeah. Um, I, liked, I liked Dune for the sandworms, Brooke. That's, that's, well, that's, that's yeah. what drew me to Dune.
1: But, you know, the sandworms are misunderstood, I think.
0: Well, I, I agree, but I, I liked them because they were enormous and terrifying. <laughs> that's, that's what drew me to that story initially, right? So, I, and, and that's kind of an inside joke between you and me, but um, <laughs> a, anyone out there that's in the, interested in big-time sci-fi, you should check out Frank Herbert's Dune. Yes, I know, please. I know Brooke would uh, uh, also support that. Yes. Um. Moving on though, what I, wanted, what I wanted to talk about really with you is, w- with darkness with me, I have this association even with the word darkness um, that is not good, and I wonder if if you come at it from a different angle.
1: Yes, I've never thought of it like that before because like if you ask me my first associations with the word darkness, mm-hmm. I immediately think beautiful and I immediately mm-hmm. think life altering okay. in some way. I, I see darkness as the best place to explore growth and to explore how you can start to shift your mindset from seeing something bad to seeing something good. So I've always had this very odd relationship with darkness in that I hate ghost stories. I hate anything scary. I am scared of everything. And yet I've always seen that as my greatest asset because it gives me imagination and a sense of setting and story in my life. And it gives some opposition that I think is the way that we grow.
0: Okay. So I'm trying to wrap my mind around all this. Because this is a new, this is a new concept for me really. And I and I and I knew it would be. Um, so, to you, darkness is not a bad thing. No, but because you kind of embrace it,
1: I in do. A, yeah, in a sense
0: or you look at it as something to be embraced. Yes. And I, I think I saw. I, I was reading through your posts and looking at through your your feed and everything, and you said something about um, like walking into it or going into it. Yes. At some point, maybe.
1: Yeah, and, and always, I think.
0: Uh, help Help me with that. I'm I'm serious. I really need help with it because to me, to me, it's just this terrifying, like, okay, I'll, maybe this will help you. When I think darkness, darkness, I think evil, but you don't.
1: Oh yeah. I see darkness as a place where maybe evil things exist, but also the most beautiful things, because if you think of darkness as being evil, then you're going to constantly run away from what haunts you when in fact to be able to conquer that, don't you have to face it and explore it and then understand it? So that's how I see darkness you're as being a space. My mind.
0: You're blowing my mind because right <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, I'll preach that from the rooftops that you got to face your fears, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And
1: that's why it's so exciting. I mean, it's sort of like, I don't know. I, I think that you probably have a big imagination, and probably <laughs> most people do, who are listening. Yeah. So I love to think of darkness as being this place that you you make up in your mind, that you walk into as a character, and maybe you find the most horrifying things there, but then how can you decorate that place or transform that place to make it more inviting and comfortable and livable?
0: And see, to me, a lot of your imagery, is, maybe in the last few years in particular, Mm-hmm. Um, that it, it's that seem, they have seemed to embody what you're talking about.
1: Yes. I mean, that's, that's all I'm interested in, at least for the last few years, is, is how can I create this space that seems haunted or dark or scary and then add something into it that makes you stop and see a little bit of beauty, even when you don't want to.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I, I do. I, I see that juxtaposition. <clears throat> Excuse me. I see the juxtaposition in that, yes, the whole the whole taken as a whole, it might seem that way. But there's always like a, like a glimmer of hope, or something, yeah. um, maybe maybe not so hidden a lot of times. Right. Um, so so what's the what can we expect from the shift then?
1: I think um, I've stopped being so afraid of. Ha- how people perceive my darkness and mm. my experience of that i think i got very caught up in not wanting to upset people not wanting to rock the boat too much yeah. um and And I really, I think that it started out of fear because I didn't want to lose my status on the internet or whatever you want to call that. Oh, yeah. And it has really transformed into not caring about that anymore, but genuinely wanting to connect to people and inspire and motivate and whatever you want to call that. So I've gone from not wanting to create overtly dark things because of not wanting to lose people to genuinely wanting to continue to inspire people. So I didn't want to put people off that way. Mm -hmm. And I feel that I've done my job in that respect. And I've said what I've wanted to say. And I'm at a place where I can either keep repeating those messages, or I can go to the next level of, okay, you've accept, accepted me this far. Well, now this is what my imagination really looks like. And it's going to be darker and it's going to be more intense and probably a lot more controversial, but this is what it is.
0: What is, what is the fallout from having so many people watching and following you, uh, course, certainly through social media, but even beyond that, like what, what, is the, what happens as a result of that to you?
1: I think, as a result, you can go one of two ways, and you can become obsessed with, obsessed with uh, pleasing people, obsessed with um, the accolades, obsessed with with just everything that comes with a lot of people looking at what you do. Mm-hmm. And the the problem with that is that you start to think. That you're a genius. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like if, if enough people are writing to you and saying, This is great, this is great, yeah. then you start to think, yeah, maybe it is great. <laughs> and and there's nothing wrong with thinking that what you do is great because I love what I do. I wouldn't do it if I didn't. Yeah. But the problem is that if a lot of people are telling you that it's great and nobody is telling you that it's bad, mm-hmm. then it's probably not important. Mm. And that has been the struggle with me is that if I start to hear from too many people saying your work is really good and leaving little nice emojis on my account, then I start to wonder, but are people really feeling anything? Do they think anything? Because the moment that I release a piece that's more controversial, I start to get both sides of the spectrum. People saying, I hate this. This is offensive. I can't look at this. And then other people saying, but this genuinely, truly touches me. Mm. And that's what I want is not for people to just look at it and think it's good, but for people to be really moved by it one way or the other. One way
0: or the other. Hmm. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's intriguing. It seems to me, I, I feel like I'm getting some deeper insight into hey. into who you are. This is actually really fun for me. Because I, 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 would, I would say, okay, I would ca- categorize. I don't like using that word with you either. But I would <laughs> describe you or categorize you as a very positive person. Thank um, you. And it seems like from the outside that you have reaped what you've sown. Joy, peace, happiness, contentment. Um, yes. I won't use the word success um but you you've it seems like you've come a long way and that you have really well you've said it you've touched a lot of people in a lot of ways like very very deeply, and like their hearts have moved it seems like to me i'm that's curious I yeah I, well, I think that's happened um it's it's pretty it's pretty evident what I'm curious though is that what what does a bad day look like for you?
1: <laughs> probably very similar to lots of other people. Um I mean I think that first of all as artists I, I we tend to be a little bit more emotional sometimes. And yeah. I think that we all just wake up with something wrong and we can't figure out what that thing is and it ruins your day and so aside from days like that that everyone has that's just the regular old emotional roller coaster day um a bad day for me is when I feel personally misunderstood, um, through my art, through my actions or otherwise. And that is, is the only thing in my life right now that sends me down a dark spiral. Mm. And that is exactly why I feel the need to, um, create this new series and to put out more controversial work. Um, a large part of my desire to do that is to vanquish, if you will, this, um, need for approval from other people. So I've, I've moved into this new area of my creative life that is largely stemming from having bad days, from recognizing what makes a day really terrible for me and trying to overcome that by facing it head on.
0: Has some of that come from you overextending yourself?
1: Yes, definitely. (laughs) Um, I, I have, I became very, very obsessed with the idea that we should all be giving back all the time mm-hmm. to a very detrimental degree, because I, I'll, I would say yes to anything. Like I would go anywhere, do anything for anybody. And, um, and it's been really, really rewarding in a lot mm. of ways, but it's also just drained me and and it heightened my awareness of somebody not liking me because I've strived so hard to make a positive impact that when the opposite happens, I feel really torn down by that.
0: Oh, interesting. So, so that's what's coming in the next few months. Essentially. Yes, hopefully. Now, how, how are you going to adjust, or maybe I should ask, are you going to adjust your schedule as a result of overextending yourself?
1: Yes. And in the last few months or so, I've, I really decided I had to because I was just being run ragged, but I um, turned down 20 jobs for next year already just in the last few months because of this new desire to just create more and be home more and and settle into my routine because I'm extremely interested in health, mental health, physical Mm. health, and I don't feel healthy if I'm not home in my routine very, very often. Mm. And I know that about myself. So it's massively important.
0: Yeah. So all the travel is great. And yeah. all, all this, that, and everything else is great, but you need time for you.
1: Exactly. I mean, I think it, I've, people work differently. Some people are totally nomadic and they love being on the road and they're creative that way. And I'm the opposite. I am most creative when I am happy, when I'm in a routine, and when I am home.
0: And and what does relaxation look like for you? You, you, you don't come across as a spa girl. Are you a spa girl? <laughs>
1: gosh, no. Um, and that's great. I mean, like there are times when I go with my mom and it's fun, but yeah. no. Um, <laughs> no, I, for me, relaxation is, um, quiet adventure. Like if I can be home and read and write and go out on a photo shoot at the end of the day, that's the most relaxing day for me.
0: What are you reading right now?
1: Oh, I'm reading this is this is kind of funny. Um, I'm reading this kids book series called um, Everworld and um, which I'm reading as research on how to write like a more children centric book. Mm -hmm. Um, But before that, I read Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. And that was excellent.
0: I know. I know the name Neil Gaiman.
1: Oh, you should.
0: (laughs) I don't know how I do, but I know that name.
1: Well, have you, have you seen American gods? No. Oh, it's, it's a new show that just came out on stars. I think it's brilliant, oh. but it's also a quite a large tome of a book. So oh. it was really good though.
0: I do. I do like a big one, a big, huge book that just well, takes That you like, is what this is. It takes you like two months to read. Well, it takes me yes. a to read.
1: Exactly. You know, you know I, I didn't. I didn't really used to read, and um, but I used to call myself a reader because I had delusions about who I was as a person. Apparently, <laughs> you were a poser. <laughs> yes, I was a poser reader, <laughs> and um, and so I I realized this, and in June this year I corrected that, and now I've read twenty two books since then. Instead of just right? the one or two, yeah. And so it's you're been legit. Amazing. All right. Yes. <laughs> well,
0: because I th- I was under the impression even several years ago that you were a reader, but that was just poser, Brooke.
1: Yeah, you see, I've tricked you. I just, I really, (laughs) I just read everything in high school and then, and then that's it. I just stored them in my memory.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. But, but you, so now you're on that path because really you're getting more and more also into writing and you've talked about this on and off and mentioned um, the, the novel that you are writing. Yes? Yeah. Yes. What can you tell me about that?
1: I can tell you, first of all, let me tell you my journey through this writing experience yes. because this has been the epitome of the artist journey. I started out a few years ago, I think four years ago now writing this book. I had this idea that was recurring over and over and I kept telling my husband and he kept telling me, Brooke, you've already had this idea. You just have to write it. <laughs> and I kept forgetting that I had the idea. So about six times over, I had the same idea. I finally wrote it down. And I was like I'm just going to write it. I'm just going to write this book. It's yeah. going to be great. And that was going to be like my my fun downtime. Um, over the last few years. So I did, I started writing it and it was really challenging. And I was really concerned with like hitting my 80,000 word mark and getting to the end of it. And it was such a confusing process. I had no idea what I was writing about. I couldn't remember the last chapter every time (laughs) I started writing again, which is clearly a recurring issue. And and then I finally got to the end of it and I was like, I did it. I wrote a novel. And so I sent it off to my friend who is an editor and she wrote me back this, this email that was like, Brooke, good job. You wrote 80,000 words, but this is not a book. And what you've done <laughs> I'm is- I'm
0: sorry. You... <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. That's funny. And
1: no, it is funny. And so she was like, this isn't a book. This is, this is an 80,000 words summary of a book and you need to learn how to write. <laughs> And I sat there for like a full minute and I was totally rejected. Like, oh "Oh my God, I just spent three years writing this and this is awful. And then after that one minute of sulking, I was like, you know what? forget it, I'm going to be a writer. I'm not just going to write a book, I'm going to focus on writing as a craft. So that was when I started reading a ton of books, I started researching Mm -hmm. how to write, I started learning plot and character and all the elements of storytelling. And only just three days ago, did I start actually writing the book again, through outlining and brainstorming and the real work that it takes. And it was just such an eye opening experience to remember what it's like to become an artist. Because I became an artist nine years ago when I started creating photographs, but mm-hmm. I forgot what it was like to learn how yes. to do something well. And what I've learned this experience is that you can do anything as long as you do it well. So that's what I'm trying to do now.
0: How, how much, how much, how similar was it? I mean, cause I, I get what it's like to forget what it's like to learn. Yeah. Right. And how similar now looking back in hindsight what were the two experiences because you were going through this process with, with writing. And then you discovered that, Oh, this is, (laughs) these are 80,000 words. It's not just, it's not a book. Yeah. And how, how, how similar was it when you were learning the craft of photography and, and post in particular for you?
1: It was so exactly the same that I'm ashamed actually, because I spent years just revolting against Photoshop even though (laughs) I am a Photoshop artist largely and I was so proud that I only used like three tools in Photoshop and I still (laughs) don't know that much in Photoshop but but I know more than that so I spent (laughs) years just like blasting out to everyone. You don't need to know this in Photoshop. You Mm. don't have to do this. And the fact is there are ways to do anything without knowing all the rules and all of the tools and all of that. But eventually I, I wised up and I said, you know what, if I want to create a more streamlined experience Mm. where I am sure of the outcome, when I want to create a piece of work, then yes, I need to learn the tools of the trade. And so I did in photography, but it took me years to, to come to that decision. So this, how much of that was, was
0: how much of that was you just being afraid to to really learn something
1: oh so much of it okay. because <laughs> i i grew up really bad at learning at least in a traditional sense okay. like i studied like you wouldn't believe mm-hmm. i tried so hard and still like i had a shockingly bad grade point average that people don't even believe me when I tell them. (laughs) And I couldn't get into any really good schools that I wanted to go to. And and yeah, and it was just really hard for me. And I I mean, I've never been tested for like a learning disability, but I feel fairly certain that something's going on in there. So I've always had these, like a a lot of shame around learning and Um, a lot of anxiety about it. And so I've always stepped away from learning because I thought I can find my own way. I'll I'll figure it out. But what I'm realizing now is that you have to have equal parts of that, that go get a mentality with the ability and the desire to learn.
0: So I find it really interesting that you're in that situation again right now with writing. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's intense and scary.
0: (laughs) And so you're learning about plot and arc and developing characters and whatnot. Yes. And so you're going back over your eighty thousand word summary and and tweaking that or are you or is it something different?
1: Oh no, I threw it away. I'm starting over now. So same oh, story, but just totally from scratch. And the great thing is that, you know, before when I was writing I I had this sense that everything had to be perfect, everything had to make sense. And it completely just stifled my ability to be creative. So this time around, I'm going into it by saying absolutely anything can happen on these pages as long as eventually it ties together. And Mm. it's been such a great experience of outlining and writing down every single wacky idea I have and then sitting down and saying, now, how could this be possible in the world that I'm creating? It's been amazing.
0: Can you give us any idea of what it's about?
1: Yeah and it you know it keeps changing but as you'll probably notice in my photography there's this really um Uh, a definite direction toward nature and natural elements and Mm -hmm. things like that and I've always been really interested in my relationship with Earth so I'm writing this book about another planet but very similar in which um, the humans were sort of spawned from this one tree that gave life to everything Mm -hmm. and it's about how this tree becomes infected with a disease and starts to die and therefore all the people start to die and how do we Um, reclaim the earth or or this planet that is truly ours through our connection to it and our sacrifice for it so it sounds it's sci-fi it is i would say more fantasy but we'll see if it we'll see if i can work the science into it
0: but it also sounds like um uh, activism
1: Yeah. And I didn't realize that until just the other day. Um, I was, my husband's been the the most incredible person brainstorming with me Mm -hmm. for hours. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that's been really nice because it, it allowed me to hear my own thoughts come back to me, but through another person's perspective. And Mm -hmm. he said the same thing. And, um, and I, I said, yeah, I mean, I guess that in any book that i've ever loved there's this innate sense of what is right versus what is wrong and i think what is right is is um nurturing our connection to our spirit our self our our land and so that naturally has come out i think
0: that's like four other podcasts right there. <laughs> i say seriously i think i could outline those out to like four other long discussions but i want to i want to touch on something else because i've wondered this myself and you keep mentioning your husband yeah but i don't know anything about him
1: and nobody does
0: i know that so that's <laughs> that's by design yes quite okay from from Not out of
1: selfishness out of a mutual decision
0: from you and him he yes. he he wants to stay because everyone always said, "Oh Jed, you're the behind-the-scenes guy. You're the man behind the curtain." Yeah, but I would I would come out from behind the curtain every so <laughs> often. He's staying there.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: Okay, <laughs> I respect yeah.
1: that. Well, I appreciate that you do, and it's yeah. um, it's actually one of the main well, I don't even know if I want to say one of the main, but just one of the many reasons why I respect him so much because he is an artist in his own right. And, um, a programmer on the Mm -hmm. computer makes video games and, you know, has this wild, wild imagination with a lot of logic behind it. Mm. And, I've always just really admired that he's a creative person who has no desire to be known for what he makes. And that's been um, very inspirational for me, just taking this, this person into account who can make beautiful things, but doesn't care who knows that he does. And I, I just love that.
0: Well, what a gift it is to have somebody like that, that you're married to, that can be so inspirational to you.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. It's, it's the greatest.
0: That's, that's fantastic. All right. I won't ask any more questions about him. (laughs) Just leave him be. Very good. Um, okay. So what, what is the next, let's, let's talk about just real quickly. What does the next six months look like for you then?
1: Well, um, well, very, realistically, first of all, I have, um, a couple of really big trips coming up, which I know that we just said that I wasn't going to travel as much and, and I'm largely not, but, um, but these are two big charity trips that I'm really excited about. Mm Um, so I'm going back to India and Thailand in January and I'll be gone for three weeks then. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, um, start, uh, another school that I run in Thailand and, uh, just keep running workshops there. And, um, and then I'll be going to Greece in March to start another school there this time, um, for Syrian refugees.
0: What are ways that people can support you in these endeavors?
1: There are a lot of ways. Um, One is through equipment. Um, I run a photography school for survivors of human trafficking and now Mm -hmm. also for Syrian refugees, so underprivileged communities. And we're always looking for equipment just to bring to the school to have um, a wider variety so that students don't have to share so much because that makes it really difficult. Sony has been a really good sponsor because they've sent along a bunch of cameras, but um, even more cameras is always good. Laptops with Photoshop is the best thing. Um, Tripods, things like that. Um, And then monetarily as well, um, just to be able to pay the staff that we have in these locations to be able to run the school and and teach and even give a little stipend to the students so that they can also go to school and have other jobs as well.
0: And where can we go to do all this?
1: Um, Thelightspace.org there is a donation button there and information about, um, mailing equipment.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, you're one of my favorite people.
1: You're one of my favorite people (laughs) always.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I, I, I didn't just say that so that you would say that, although (laughs) I feel awesome that you did.
1: Well, it's Um, very true.
0: I don't know. I don't know when our paths will cross next, but I really appreciate you taking the time out of your tremendously busy schedule.
1: Oh, to do I this. I appreciate me. you too. You have a busy schedule. Everyone has a busy schedule. You just well, make time for what you love.
0: Yeah, I, well, then I, all the more reason for me to be thankful that you would do that for this. So yeah. thanks for this. Um, I look forward to seeing you and talking with you again and
1: thanks.
0: good luck and Godspeed on your journeys.
1: Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening too.